I'm Alicia Michalisic-Gonzalez, host of the Real Talk podcast and an emergency doctor with Fituity, a physician-led and owned partnership comprised of doctors, advanced providers, and industry professionals working together to provide compassionate, quality, acute care to patients across the nation. Vituity's number one goal is to be at the heart of better care. But in considering what's important to us and prioritizing the wellness of our clinicians and employees, Vituity has also made diversity a focus of their work. The following episode is brought to you by members of one of Vituity's enterprise resource groups, created to provide support for different demographic groups within our organization. Our hope is to amplify stories from the diverse community of healthcare workers we proudly work alongside, while acknowledging the unfair systems we continue to struggle with in our country, and then work together to change them. This is Real Talk Unplugged. Hi, I'm Zach Zeller, Senior Retriever with Fituity, and welcome to Real Talk, a place where healthcare professionals share stories about the human experiences that have shaped and affected their careers working in medicine. Today, we'll hear a story from Daniela Hunter, a Senior Medical Recruiter for Psychiatry, one of our remote workers residing in Georgia. Similar to Daniela, I've shared my story of my own experience with my mental health, and it's not always easy. As someone who suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety, I'm always dealing with my mental state in different and complex ways. However, the most rewarding and freeing way of living with mental health is talking about it as we are today. Mental health is not something we should be ashamed of. Have it be our own, a family members, a friend, or a coworker, we should always be encouraging others to seek the help they want and talk about their issues in a way that makes them feel safe and welcomed. Speaking about our experiences is what has helped me and others heal during our lives. And today, Daniela shows her story of healing. This is Daniela's story. I'm Daniela. I graduated with a business degree with a concentration in healthcare administration. I'm a published poet and a creative that enjoys interior decorating and designing in any type of crafting projects. If you just met me, you may be surprised to learn that I was molested as a child. I survived an attempted rape as well as physical and emotional abuse. I've been divorced and had a mother that was suspected to have committed suicide and found out into my adulthood that the man who raised me wasn't my biological father. It started with my own divorce after 10 years of marriage. Almost exactly one year later, on my birthday, my dad served my mom divorce papers after 35 years of marriage. I'm not sure if you yourself have ever experienced divorce, but it's the most painful and difficult thing to go through. I remember during that time that the process was compared to a death. I have to tell you, it's pretty darn close. So as I'm still healing through my own divorce, now I'm having to simultaneously deal with the fact that my parents split too. That was really rough. As tough as it was on me, it was even tougher for my mom. My mom was not handling it well at all, understandably. 
My mom was depressed, withdrawn, and had given up on life, even making suicidal comments often. So I did what I thought was best and moved my mom to Georgia to be with me so I could care for her. My mom had a history of stroke and was on several medications, some of which was necessary to keep her alive. My mom needed help not only processing the grief and loss she was experiencing, but also how to navigate the healthcare system. Have you ever lived with someone who's depressed? It's one of the hardest things to do when you're desperately desiring to help them and is equally as difficult trying to find how to access mental health care. After many failed attempts to get my mom care, there was an incident where she was found passed out in the front of the house. I immediately rushed her to the nearby ER. In the ER, while the doctors focused on the cause of her passing out, my mom was adamantly refusing care and saying she wanted to die. In my desperation, I pleaded with the hospitalist to help me. The hospitalist connected us with the psychiatrist on staff that assisted me with the information I needed to get my mom the care she desperately needed. This ultimately led to her being put on some meds for her moods to help her sleep and group therapy. Now feeling that my mom was taken care of, I could now take a moment to breathe, take time out for myself to figure out what I needed to care for myself. Now, in the meantime, in the midst of divorce, as a 40-year-old woman, I discovered the man who raised me was not my biological father. I immediately knew it to be true. Although my dad and I were very close, I always knew there was something missing between us. I just couldn't put my finger on it. I always knew. And as though that wasn't enough because taking in my mom— as she became depressed and suicidal, caused my dad to divorce my brother and I. He felt we were taking sides by taking care of mom. And now, eight years later, I still haven't talked to him. To date, we are still estranged. With the news that my biological father was out there, I decided immediately, without question, that I had to find him. My mom initially was no help and eventually provided some information. Thankfully, I'm not the first person to go through this. There are agencies like the Fatherless Generation that help people like me locate their biological fathers. I called and talked with the founder, Dr. Tori, and her private investigator helped me find my father. Dr. Tori, having gone through this herself, explained what the journey may look like. All I knew was I needed to meet my biological father. So when the investigators provided me an address, I wrote a letter immediately to that address. On Valentine's Day, I received a call from one of my half-brothers that I had never met. He knew all about me and was so excited that he had a sister and that I wrote. The next day, I was having my first conversation with my biological father. I experienced so many emotions at the same time, fear at possible rejection, and I had so many questions. It all felt surreal. A few months later, my father drove to Georgia to meet me for the first time. I was so nervous and had no idea what to expect. I'm now meeting a man, my biological father, that just a few months ago, I didn't even know existed. Would I look like my father? I had so many questions. I remember my father expressing how proud of me he was at the woman I had become, even though he didn't raise me. 
I cried deeply. It was emotionally taxing and I had never felt that type of exhaustion before. Once the DNA test confirmed he was my father, we started the slow process of getting to know one another. I started to realize that this was so much more complicated than just locating my biological father. Somehow in my mind, I had convinced myself that this would be easy. (laughs) Boy, was I wrong. So now that we met, now what? What role will he play in my life as I don't need a father to raise me at this point? I had a good father. And at 45, I'm still navigating what this relationship is supposed to look like. While the story with my biological father continues to this day, the story with my mom doesn't. Not too long after the trip to the ER, I found my mom dead. It was discovered that my mom had been intentionally not taking her meds, facilitating her own death. My mom's journey caused me to seek out my own therapy, which I continue to date. Our story challenged me to educate myself, to be non-judgmental, and to learn how to show compassion. I'm compelled to speak openly to help someone else understanding that life happens, that at times it can result in significant pain and suffering for ourselves and those we love, especially with the stigma associated. Therapy is not only for people with serious psychiatric illness or diagnosis, but can be really helpful to just anyone during their more rough periods in their life. And that it's okay and nothing to be ashamed about. It is okay to seek support and care when parts of our life become so overwhelming. To some that listen to my story, they may be shocked that I shared some very personal details of my life. But for me, I wanted to be vulnerable with the hope that someone listening will realize they are not alone. I want you to know you are not alone. What a powerful story. Thank you, Daniela, for being so brave and sharing your heart with us. As Daniela's story illustrates, Mental health can be experienced in a number of ways and through different people extremely close to us. In Daniela's case, her own mother and her own well-being. As I stated at the top of the story, sharing our stories is just one of the many ways many of us can cope with mental illness. But it does not stop there. Therapy, medication, personal outlets, all a few ways to assist us with keeping our lives moving forward and past our experiences. I'll leave you with this question. What are some ways you handle with your own stress or anxiety? Are there outlets you enjoy that allow you to forget the trauma in your life? If so, share those with your friends you know going through some tough times. I promise it will help. So again, thank you to Daniela Hunter for sharing her story with us, to the team at Vituity for their support of this podcast, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. I'm Zach, and this is Real Talk. Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or record your story with us? Start at realtalk.transistor.fm, or you can follow the link in the show notes for this episode.